Hey, it's Mark here, and welcome to the next edition of the Employee Survival Guide, where I tell you, as always, what your employer does definitely not want you to know about, and a lot more. Hey, it's Mark, and welcome back. Um, another episode for you. This one is uh, basically not rehearsed off the top of my head. It's involving an issue that I experience a lot. Um, and the topic is um, denial of medical health care uh, through your employment, through your employer's health care benefit plan. Uh, the denials are based upon what's called not medically necessary. So uh, how this would happen is that you would receive um, – you would go to the doctor's office or let's say, for example, the client I have right now went for surgery and um, the surgeon uh, performed the surgery. Obviously, was in a, something you know serious enough to warrant surgery in a hospital in an overnight stay. And the example um, here is that the employer, I'm sorry, the uh, the health insurer, um, and I will I'll tell you who the health insurer is. It actually is Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, who's has uh, coverage all over the country. So the um, denial was for one night stay after the surgery. Well, you can imagine the amount of pain one would be in the um, post-surgery condition. You're taking medications for pain. I mean, a knife was used. Uh, instrumentation was used to uh, position and stationary the uh, the body limb to conduct such surgery. Um, so you actually have two uh, areas of uh, puncture into the uh, body um, and then the surgery itself. So uh, the insurer has denied the claim for um, for one night's stay, and the patient actually stayed less than 24 hours. So what do you do with that? And this same process, and I'm bringing this to your attention because it's the same pattern of behavior that occurs uh, in a variety of cases that I see where you know clients call me and saying I was denied health insurance coverage for a claim, and uh, what what can you do about it? Well, let's go through the basics first, and then you'll have your answer at the very end in terms of the overall process of what you should do about it, because that's the purpose of the podcast episode. So uh, how to deal with uh, denial of not medically necessary medical treatment from an insurer like Anthem. Uh, Anthem is no different than the other carriers as well. They all do the same thing. So if you have health insurance through your uh, employment, it's done and, pro and provided for under a federal statute. That's called the Employee Re Retirement Income Security Act, the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. I know it's a long name. They made it, developed it by Congress in 1973, I think. Uh, its acronym is called ERISA, E-R-I-S-A. And uh, it's a antiquated statute. has not been um, amended by Congress since its formation. It should be. Um, there are multitudes of legal cases uh, involving ERISA. As a, an employment attorney, I'm also what's called an ERISA attorney. Uh, I actually have the wherewithal and then um, – to go into the ERISA practice, not because I wanted to, it's because because clients asked me to. Uh, I do ERISA in a variety of formats, having to do with people's uh, pension, their 401k, or short and long-term disability benefits. Uh, and in this situation, our example, healthcare benefits, all considered under ERISA. And ERISA uses the same process uh, for uh, participants to follow, and I'm going to explain that to you now. 
So when you get a denial letter from an insurance carrier saying, in this case, the treatment for medical benefits was not medically necessary, they're going to send you a denial. The denial itself must be written in a manner that you can understand it, not for the lawyer to understand it, but for you as the participant to understand it. And it must say exactly the reason why you were denied your claim. Um, that's all driven by previous case law that by the Supreme Court of the United States that says that and requires that. Uh, I'm sure the statutory code sections in the uh, enforcement regulations also say the same thing. The um, next step is, well, what do you do when you have a denial? Can you as an individual file your own appeal to your um, insurance company? Yeah, actually, that's the law. ERISA says you have to file a written appeal, and you can do that in a letter. You don't need an employment attorney to do that, although I can help you. And what you'd say is uh, that the claim was un uh, unreasonably denied or arbitrarily and capriciously denied. That's the standard, typically. And you have to say, well, why is it denied arbitrarily or arbitrarily and capriciously denied? You have to get your doctors to say uh, and write a letter to the insurance company saying why the treatment was medically necessary. And um, you have to get them. It's not easy to get your doctor to do that. So um, you're going to have to play this game. And I'm sorry that I have to disclose this to you, but it is an insurance practice game that even I as the attorney – Who's an, I've done a risk of practice for 26 years, I have to deal with it as well. And it's easy. It's not that difficult. But the reason why they put up these blockades uh, for the average person and make it you know, seem like it's difficult because they don't want you to, to file an appeal. They don't want to pay your claim. So um, that's the short of it. It's just they don't want to pay your claim. Uh, it doesn't make it right or wrong. It's simply that they're in business to make uh, money and they don't want to pay your claim unless you make them. So – the purpose of the podcast is to make them. So here's the example I gave you, uh, the denial of one night's stay, actually less than 24 hours, and saying it's not medically necessary. After a surgery, uh, the patient is in pain, uh, taking uh, medications. And I will add it further to the fact pattern, the client is not able to um, get out of the bed per the doctor's instruction because it involved a surgery on the hip. Okay, so you can't get out of the bed. You're having to use a nurse to go to the bathroom in a bedpan. You know, it's you know not. You, you now get the picture that it's not a necessarily a nice scene, and so the insurance company says, "Well, you can't stay in the hospital, so you have to get your doctor to write a letter, and you have to do it right away. You have actually have a period of time under your plan document. There's actually a plan that goes along with your health insurance benefits and. Uh, you have to look at it. It's probably in your employer portal, and it explains all the uh, procedures to uh, file an, an ERISA appeal to the plan administrator. In this case, it's uh, Anthem, the insurance carrier. And I would also recommend you send a letter to your plan sponsor. That's called your employer. And so you would document it twice. And there's a reason for that because sometimes – there are claims that happen where the employer denies the claim as a plan sponsor, and that's called a retaliation claim under ERISA. It's rare. It does happen. Typically, it coincides with people having discrimination claims as well. Um, but I don't see it that often. Uh, so as the process goes, you'd file your appeal. You, let's now assume you have your doctor's letter. Maybe you have more than one letter, and you should. So, but to, generally, you're going to have your surgeon write a letter, um, and it's going to say it's, it's been medically necessary. Well, then you file it. Then you have 45 days for Anthem to respond. 
And this is assuming you've already gone and had the treatment, so it's not like an emergency. And I'll give an example of what you do in an emergency situation. So you have to wait 45 days, and typically the insurance carrier will say, we'll take another 45 days, a total of 90 days, uh, before you yourself can declare, if no response from from Anthem uh, or any insurance carrier, to your claim uh, and appeal that uh, you declare the process futile to to move any further, and you would essentially document that in a letter saying the claims process is uh, not only arbitrary and capricious, but it's also a futility to go any further. Uh, Unfortunately, the Congress has um, given a shaft to you. They said that your process of procedure is to go to the insurance, carry an appeal, but after that, you got to go to federal court. Now, who can really do that? it's a pain they ask to do that, and I do it, but that's my job. But it's it's that's why it's an antiquated statute. It's not modified. Um, there are other ways to handle it as well. Uh, you can, even though it's an ERISA claim, you can write a letter to your Department of Insurance and complain about it there as well because these are insurance policies that have to be regulated by the state as well. So that's another avenue of, of relief. Um, but the 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 the, the the bad part about this is you have to file a claim or literally what's called an appeal to the federal court uh, to appeal the matter to get reimbursement. So let's say the cost of the overnight stay here is, I don't know, um, $4,000. I mean, sounds a lot, but you get food and drink and care, I guess. I don't, I'm just using that as a number. But uh, is that enough to go to federal court and fight over? That's the point. That's why the insurance companies deny the claim. So. Uh, I At this juncture, if you're at that stage of the process, I would definitely consider working with an ERISA attorney, no matter who it is. There's ERISA attorneys all over the country, the colleagues of mine that I work with. Um, and you can find a jurisdiction in any federal district court throughout the country for no matter where you are located. You can literally – what's called forum shopping and it doesn't matter because that's the way the statute's set up. So definitely want to reach out to an, an, an ERISA attorney at that juncture. Even though it's $4,000, that added weight of that ERISA attorney and their analysis to the carrier will cause the carrier to say, well, why do we want to fight that over $4,000? Because now they have an, an ERISA attorney on board. So now you get the strategy. That's why you would use that for a limited purpose, not necessarily to sue anybody, um, but you want to show them that you, it's possible that you might sue them uh, by hiring a person like me. So what do you do in this circumstance where you have an emergency health care need, all right? This actually happened to the same client. Um, the issue there was uh, the doctor had ordered a pre-surgery and post-surgery medical treatment. Um, in this case, it was wound healing or uh, hyperbaric uh, chamber uh, type of therapy. And again, the insurance carrier denied it because it was not medically necessary. Okay, what did I do this time? This time, I sent an appeal to the insurance carrier I'll tell you in advance, it was approved because I did the following things. I filed an administrative appeal ASAP as soon as I got the letter. And uh, I sent it to an email address somewhere in uh, Connecticut to an Anthem office. And then I also um, priority mailed it because you got to document what you're doing. Um, they received it. I confirmed that. And uh, in the package of the denial letter, the employer – I'm sorry, the plan administrator Anthem um, – sent also uh, a state of Connecticut, this is real, um, a grievance uh, process form that I used. And uh, I actually was called, there's actually two documents I used. There was one called a request for external review, a physician 
certification for expedited, re expedited request. And then there was also uh, a grievance form that was used as well um, that I filed. And that's actually what uh, kicked this thing over the uh, hill for the uh, insurance carrier to approve it. Because once the uh, uh, the, uh, the advocate for the uh, state of Connecticut got involved, the healthcare advocate, uh, Anthem uh, quickly uh, uh, did it an about face and uh, had a discussion with the advocate, had a discussion with the medical provider uh, for the pre and post op surgery uh, medical treatment, and reviewed it. And guess what? They sent me a letter. And what did the letter say? Oh, well, now your treatment is medically necessary because we talked to people. I'm pausing for a reason. What a load of BS. In one letter, it said it's not medically necessary, causing a great deal of angst and strain to the client because the client was told by her doctor to have this treatment. And then the insurance carrier says not medically necessary. Not saying anything more, probably refer to some guideline that's so self-serving that uh, it only benefits them. But it's clear that Clearly to the layperson, um, that's a pretty formidable letter that most people don't know how to handle with, and then they got to go find a lawyer. Okay, well, it came to my desk and I dealt with it, um, but I received the same letter after the claim was approved saying it was medically necessary. No reason was given because the law under ERISA says they don't have to give a reason when it's approved, only when it's denied. The denial letter has to state, state with a level of specificity. Uh, to cite any guidelines, protocols, regulations, or otherwise of why the claim is denied. That's a standard ERISA type of uh, response that um, is mandatory in these letters. But what a load of nonsense that people have to go through. I, I mean, this is me looking at this and talking about it because I know this blindfold that this is what they do. But for the average consumer of health care, this is a very scary event. And when the doctor says you need something and it's under emergency and it's during, around your, your surgery – well, it's it's an unintended emotional uh, situation that the, the insurance carriers and the employers shouldn't put people through. So that's what you do in the sense of – in the case of the, uh, the emergency situation. You really – if you are confronted with an emergency situation where you need health care, um, you really do need to reach out first to the uh, state advocate. There's probably one in every single state. So a state health care advocate. Don't wait. Jump. Run. Make phone calls, document, send letters, priority mail, document things, but also send the same identical letter. That's what I did in my case. I sent the appeal to the ERISA plan administrator, in this case Anthem, with the uh, same address uh, at the top of the on the form, a letter I sent also to the uh, at, uh, the health advocate for the uh, state of Connecticut um, by priority mail and by email actually as well. And so we got immediately addressed. Uh, they worked really well quickly, um, and so. I'm going to do the same thing now with the same uh, – it's a real-life case. I actually have it. It's I have to file now an appeal to the plan administrator for the denial of the 23 hours of care that the patient received and also file to the uh, healthcare advocate because, well, they had the same problem the first time. They're doing it again. So why am I raising this to you in a podcast? I see this problem happening so often in healthcare situations that, number one – Employees don't know how to, to use this process I just described to you because employers don't talk about it. They give them the plan and they say it's in your portal and go look it up. Well, that's not going to really help employees because 
to do so, basically, if you help an insurance carrier, somehow, some way, I'm sure the premiums go up for the employer. So there's a misinformation for the employee by the employer and plan sponsor, even though, get this, folks, the plan sponsor and the employer, they're a fiduciary to the employee, the plan participant. That's the law under ERISA. Well, when you have a fiduciary and you, uh, you know, like the plan administrator and the employer, they have to do things for the benefit for the foremost benefit of the employee, meaning the beneficiary, uh, to do no harm to them. But a process I just described to you of denying cases of a blatant disregard for uh, for rights under the ERISA, saying it's not medically necessary, that's doing harm and not acting in the best interest of the beneficiary. This goes on every day, many, many cases in the healthcare industry and also in the disability community as well for disability benefits. Uh, so I want to make you aware that it's going on, it's happening, and what you can do about it. So in summary, when you see a claim that comes in for uh, not medically necessary or denied for med not medically necessary, immediately jump and start to call and write to your doctor. Get a letter to the doctor. Get a letter to the employer. Get a letter to the plan administrator, in this case the uh, insurance carrier. Contact the employee or the uh, health advocate for the state that you're involved with, you reside in. And immediately start documenting and paper trailing this situation and claiming that it is medically necessary because more often times I can tell you that it's going to be. Um, so that is the process to follow. If you have more concerns about that and you're in a more difficult situations that are like emergency-based, that even means you have to run faster, contact the state advocate first, and then work backwards to the plan administrator. Um, but do so because you need your health care. Um, I will note for a, a matter of fact point that this really bothered me. The medical benefits obtained in this situation came through the exchange. So this is the Obama exchange. So it's still Anthem providing insurance through the Obama exchange, but nonetheless, it is still happening in that format. Okay, so here insurance companies acting badly, uh, misbehaving. Um, they do it all the time in a variety of circumstances like I just described. So now you have the insight that they're there not to help you. Um, and even though they're legally required to help you, they're not. And they're going to play a game that you need to get past that. Don't get the invo emotions involved and immediately attack it. And you'll find success quickly uh, once you start behaving uh, like a self-advocate um, and also expressing your uh, rights uh, to the plan administrator and also to the state advocate as well. Um, so that's uh, essentially in summary the how to deal with denials of claims that are deemed not medically necessary under an employee health care insurance plan, both in the regular format and the emergency protocol format. Okay. Hope you enjoyed the uh, podcast and talk to you soon. If you like the Employee Survival Guide, I'd really encourage you to leave a review. Uh, we try really hard to uh, produce information to you uh, that's informative, that's uh, timely, that you can actually use and solve problems on your own and at your employment. So if you'd uh, like to leave a review anywhere you listen to our podcast, please do so. And leave five stars because anything less than five is really not as good, right? Uh, I'll keep it up. I'll keep the standards up. I'll keep the uh, information flowing at you. Um, if you'd like to send me an email and ask me a question, I'll actually review it and post it on there. Uh, you can send it to m. C-A-R-E-Y at C-A-P-C-Law.com. That's capclaw.com.